0: Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Gober. What's going on fam welcome 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 once again to the word experience podcast where we experience the word in a fresh new way i am your host cliff gober you know how we get down we're going to start with a word of prayer father we thank you so much for continuing to be just god in our lives caring about everything that we care about and even more your word says god that if you care about the sparrows how much more will you care about us And uh, we thank you for caring about us because we are worth more than many sparrows. Uh, Thank you for this time where we learn and understand your word. Thank you for context. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for godly perspective. And uh, just thank you for loving us enough to share your word and your insight uh, through your word by the Holy Spirit. We declare now in the name of Jesus that every ear is anointed to hear and every heart is open to receive. Not just the word, but the word behind the word that's going to bless us in our own individual way, in our own individual lives. Uh, God, just do your thing in this time, and we will continue to give your name, the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Ah, Amen. All right. All right. Glad you guys are with me today. Man, the Word Experience Nation is growing and growing and growing. And uh, we just want to keep it going and going and going. Got some new uh, fa- family members coming on board over the last week or so, just checking out the stats and the numbers and and uh, just thankful to God for what he's doing with this podcast. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let us get to it. Uh, today we're going to talk about seeing things from God's perspective, seeing things from God's perspective, you know, depending on where you stand, depending on your perspective, how you see a thing, just in the natural, how you see a thing is going to be very different uh, when you change perspectives. When I was growing up uh, in our backyard, uh, we had a large tree, and from time to time, because I was like that, (laughs) I would climb up in the tree, maybe about 25, 30 feet, climb up in the tree and just look out over the houses in my neighborhood and daydream and just think about my future and, you know, just kind of, you know, veg out a little bit. And so when I changed perspectives, when I was standing on the ground, I couldn't really even see the houses. I couldn't see on the other side of of our house, but once I climbed up to the tree and got to a higher point. I could see the neighborhood from a totally different perspective. And it was interesting because the first time I did it, I remember it now, all I really saw were roofs, the roofs of the houses. It was just one roof after another roof after another roof. Didn't really see houses, just saw the roofs of the houses. Very interesting. And I was only able to do that when I changed my perspective or my point of view, right? Uh, oftentimes in movies, uh, they will do what they call an establishing shot to establish where you are in the movie whether it's a location or time or whatever and oftentimes they'll do overhead shots of the city and we see these overhead shots and we see this city very differently from when we see it on street level it's very same city different perspective right and so oftentimes when we see things one way god has a whole different way of seeing the situation we see the situation see, see the situation from where we are standing but god as the old saints would say who looks high and uh, who sits high and looks low right he sees it from a totally different perspective and and the goal is when we're having challenges or when we're confused or when we're frustrated the do- the goal is to lock into uh, the presence of God, lock in to the voice of God, lock in to the word of God, and begin to see the thing from God's perspective. And it may not necessarily change the situation, but it will change how you see the situation. Right? Me climbing up to the top of that tree didn't change the houses. It just changed how I saw the houses right? So it, it it may not necessarily change your situation, but it will change how you see it. And changing how you see it, specifically seeing it from God's point of view can chill us out, calm us down, give us more clarity, and uh, maybe oftentimes gain understanding as to what's going on. So let's look at this seeing God seeing things from God's perspective. We want to start with Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, and um, just jumping right into it, that God's ways versus our ways, that's what I titled this section here, God's ways versus our ways, all right? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. I'm going to read that again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God establishes right there in Isaiah that not only are our thoughts different from God's thoughts, not only are God's thoughts different from our thoughts, even more specifically, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, you know, you can look at it from a perspective of altitude, right? From, from where we stand, it looks one way. But God, who sees and thinks higher, has higher ways, sees it in a totally different way, totally different perspective. Right, The message translation for Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, I, I love this, man. I don't think the way you think. Boy, that makes it plain, doesn't it? <laughs> God says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. Man, that's good. It, and, and, it, and it shouldn't make us feel bad about ourselves. I mean, it's God, but it should humble us. To a place where, listen, as, as high as we think we are or as smart as we think we are or as talented as we think we are, God says, you don't think the way I think. And the way you work is not the way I work. Now, the goal is to, uh, like I said, get with God and flow with him so that we follow his pattern. We follow the way he works. we and 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 wisdom helps us to do that right? We flow with him. What did Jesus said in Matthew chapter six? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added, right? So one translation says that seeking the kingdom of God is God's way of doing and being right. God's way of doing. So I want to learn God's way of doing. I want to learn God's way of thinking. I want to learn God's way of working. Not so I can be God, but I'm God's child. So if I'm God's child, I should learn how the Father operates, which gives me an opportunity to flow and do things and see things from His perspective. Amen? All right, so let's reread this in the message. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work, God's decree. For as the sky soars high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think though god says the way I it's, it's beyond it's not just more than the way it's beyond the way you think now i've heard people you know, reference this scripture and they reference it with the implication of we'll never know how god thinks we got 66 books of how god thinks right it, It's revealed in His Word how He thinks. Now, that doesn't make us God, but again, it gives us a pattern, it gives us a model, it gives us something to aspire to, right? Paul said that that, uh, uh, forgetting the things that are behind me and reaching for the things that are before me, I, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling, right? I'm working to get to that place of understanding, working to get to that place of perspective, right? Because my way, my thinking is limited. But he is the omniscient God. Omniscience. Omniscience. Knows everything. So if I can line my way of thinking up with his way of thinking, you know, that that would not be a bad thing. (laughs) All right? So I wrote this, I made this statement that says, Perception changes when we see things from a higher perspective. Perception changes when we see things from a higher perspective. And the example, a really good example in the animal kingdom is the difference between a giraffe and a turtle. What they can see from their perspective. Now, from a turtle's perspective, the land looks very different than from a giraffe's perspective okay the giraffe can see further it can see danger coming from a farther distance than the turtle Uh, it can see farther in in you know all directions whereas the turtle at a lower uh, level can only see pretty much what's right in front of him and his vision is limited based on his position right he can still see but he can only see so far in comparison to the giraffe right so so we can see god's vision <laughs> god has giraffe vision we have turtle vision and we're trying to walk with the giraffe who sees things that we can't see So the goal is, again, to line our lives up, line our thinking up with God's thinking so I can be a turtle with giraffe-like vision. (laughs) Boy, that's good. That's good. Being in relationship with God is like being a turtle but having the the vision of a giraffe. I like that. I like that. That's a good image. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right. So um, I want to stay in Isaiah for our next scripture. And here is an example of godly perspective, Uh, seeing things one way, God seeing it a different way. So we want to go to Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. This is a relatively familiar passage of scripture for many who've been in church uh, over a period of time. Uh, been preached a lot it's good stuff i, I, I like this one I, this is I'm, i have to pull this one out every now and then to remind me of god's perspective right so isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 says do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old behold i will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So God's perspective is, don't remember the stuff behind you. Don't remember the old stuff. God's about to do a new thing, right? You've heard it preached. God's about to do a new thing in your life. Touch three people and tell them new thing, new thing, new thing, new thing, right? (laughs) Right? So so he's giving perspective. Don't remember the old, the former stuff. Don't consider the old stuff. I'm about to do something new. That's a nice perspective that we may need from time to time uh, when we get stuck in our past. Right. We get stuck in our past and, and this scripture may come up in a daily devotional or you may hear it on a podcast How about that. And, and, and it's a reminder of we don't remember the former things. We don't consider the things of old to the point where remembering and considering keeps us in the past. I think it's good to reflect on things from time to time that we've gone through uh, certain victories, certain struggles, what we learned out of those things. That's fine. But we don't want to stay there. Right. We don't remember and consider to the point where we stay there and not open ourselves up to a new thing that God wants to do. See, that's godly perspective right there. All right. okay. Now, I want to go to two examples of godly men being caught in a situation and God needing to bring his perspective so they they could get the right point of view. what's going on so i want to go to joshua chapter 7. this first example is joshua and then um that's the old testament version i'm going to look at a new testament new testament version with peter and then we're going to get out of here you know we'll see how it flows all right joshua chapter 7 and this is going to be quite a few scriptures so i'm going to break it up a little bit so we'll start with joshua chapter 7 verses 2 through 5, Joshua 7, verses 2 through 5, all right, all right, verse 2 says, now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country, so the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up. But let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people here, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled. But they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Now, he says "This is he sent them from Jericho, which means now this in Joshua chapter 7 happened after the great miracle of the walls of Jericho falling. And they got a great victory and God said, kill everybody, kill everything, don't take anything with you. This was a city that was dedicated to the Lord. Okay, so they just experienced this great victory, walking around the wall, wall came down, got a victory, right? So now they're on the other side of that, and they go to their next battle, which is AI, and the spies basically say, look, we ain't even got to send the first team, we'll just send a few guys, we'll go out there, it ain't a whole bunch of them, we'll take them out, no problem, and they get their butts kicked. Can you say butts on the podcast? I think you can, because it's mine. (laughs) Right? They get their behinds whooped, right? So let's see what happens. Let's move on to verses 6 through 9. So they lose the battle, get run out of town, basically. Verse 6 says, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. Now, the tearing of the clothes was representative of grief. Oftentimes, they would also put ashes over their heads as a representation of sadness or grief or sorrow or or disappointment or whatever. Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. See, there we go. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? He sounds like the children of Israel back in the wilderness. Oh, we have died in the wilderness. Oh, we should have stayed in Egypt. Right. I see that, Lord. This is what defeat can oftentimes make us feel like it can make us feel like God's left us. God doesn't love us. What were we doing? God, you told me to go do this. And now look at what happened. Right. And Joshua, Joshua was one of the two spies way back in the book of Numbers who said we are well able to take giants. He and Caleb. Now here he is 40 years later Got defeated and says, man, we should have just stayed back on the other side and stayed in our own neighborhood. We shouldn't have come out here. Why you let us come out here and get beat up like that? Now they're going to take us over. They're going to overtake. just, just, just a mess, man. And this is Joshua. This is, this is Joshua, (laughs) right? Talking like this. All right. So let's read on because God's about to show up now. Verses 10 through 12. Verse 10 says, So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. See, now this is godly perspective. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Now, we're not going to go here, but if we go back up to uh, verse 1, I believe, in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, it tells that there was a guy... When they took Jericho, I said a minute ago, the instructions were, don't take anything. Well, this particular guy took some stuff and hid it in his tent. Now, here's the thing. Joshua didn't know about this, but God did. Joshua didn't know what had gone on before, but God did. And so here now is God letting Joshua in on what happened. See, God... Is, is looking high and sitting and is sitting high and looking low, and he sees what we don't always see. But here's the great thing about God: He didn't leave Joshua there whining and crying and complaining and getting depressed and doing things now that would take him way out of the will of God. He showed up and he said, Hey, stop crying. Get yourself together. This is what's going on, this is what happened. And I need you to handle this, or I can't be with you guys anymore. Okay? And so the rest of the story is Joshua gathered everybody together, and he was directed as to who the person was, went to the leader of the family, said, Hey, did you do something? And the guy goes, Yeah, we took some stuff we weren't supposed to take. They went in, they found it, right? And they, <laughs> they took the guy, his family, his children, his possessions, his animals, put them in the middle and the, the people stoned them and they burnt them burnt them up. Now, you know, folk have issues with this type of stuff in the Old Testament, and it's for another time to really talk about it. But but the law was in place and the grace of God was very, very minimal. Um yeah, uh, we can we can talk about that. I'm building up to getting into the law versus grace. I'm not there yet, but I'm building up to get there. Um, but these guys are operating according to the law. praise God, we operate by grace. nobody's gonna get stoned. nobody's gonna get burned uh, not not by people who live according to grace. okay Now some other folks may call themselves godly people or children of God and doing all kind of stuff that's based on the law and um, you know that's 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 not how we live anymore. but you know there's a there's a deeper way to deal with this. And uh, we'll deal with it at another time. <laughs> but for now it's an understanding that verses 10 through 12 God gives Joshua his perspective so Joshua can go forth and then do what he needs to do and uh, and handle things the way they need to be handled. all right so that's that's the Joshua example. Let's move now to Acts chapter 10 verses 9 through 16. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16. And this is Peter now. And uh, this is after the day of Pentecost. Peter's been filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, he is officially a Christian now. And um, he's been doing some great things. And so we go later in his in his uh, walk with God. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16. Verse 9 says, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, Creeping things and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, Quick background on these animals, these animals in the law, see we're talking about the difference between law and grace a minute ago. In the law, these particular animals were deemed by God to be unclean and that the people of God, the people of Israel were not supposed to eat these types of animals. Okay, this type of meat is unclean, it breaks the law, and there were problems, consequences, consequences, and issues that came with that. So here comes in Peter's vision: animals that are unclean. And he gets instructions by the Holy Spirit, this voice in the vision, to eat these unclean animals. There's a whole nother lesson in this about. God saying one thing that seems to contradict himself, but, but it, it goes back to Isaiah 43. Here is God in Peter's life about to do a new thing and giving him perspective to forget about the former things because now God's about to do a new thing. Right? So he says, Nope, I'm not eating that. That's unclean. I've never done it before. And basically what he's saying is I keep the law. Christianity was still kind of new. The understanding of grace really didn't come to play until Paul got the revelation from Jesus, and then he laid it out. So this is still new for these guys, right? So he still got law mentality, and he sees these animals, and he goes, no, 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 no. I don't eat that, never did, never will. And then God says in the, in the traditional King James, he says, do not call unclean what I call clean. This is God's perspective. Now, what's going on here? On the surface, it looks like God is contradicting contradicting himself. This is confusing. Over here you said don't do it, now you're saying do it. What's up, God? Tell me what's going on. Now, what was happening here? This vision, and I don't I didn't I didn't lay out the rest of the scriptures because it's a long long story, but I'll give you the cliff notes <laughs> version of it. <laughs> In this situation, God was using the vision to prepare Peter to go and preach Jesus to non Jewish people. Because up until this point, the only Christians were Jews who had converted to Christianity. Okay, there may have been a couple of guys on the outside, but for the most part, Christianity was. Uh, uh the body of Christ as we call it consisted mostly of Jews who converted to Christianity okay and now God wants to expand the kingdom of God to go beyond just Jewish people right so so God is using Peter now to go forth and do that to, to deliver the message of Jesus to non-Jewish people now quick background there was a guy in uh uh, I forget the name of the city. But there was a guy named Cornelius, who I believe was a Roman soldier. And Cornelius believed in God. He, he would pray. He would give alms of help to people. And he did that on a consistent basis. But he wasn't a Christian. He, wasn't, he hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't know anything about Jesus. You know, he just believed in God. And so one day while he was praying, an angel showed up and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard by God, send two men to a place called Joppa and look for a guy named Peter and bring him back. Right? So while that's happening, Peter gets the vision about clean and unclean. And later God tells him, I'm setting you up to do something for me. Some people are coming for you. Just go with them. Don't ask any questions. And so the men show up as the vision ends and Peter says, "Okay, I know you guys are here for me. Let's go." And they roll out. They go to Cornelius's house, and Peter gets an understanding, a revelation by the Holy Spirit that he's supposed to preach Jesus to these people. He preaches Jesus. Uh, God shows up. The house gets saved, and it was amazing to to Peter and the guy who came, the guys who came with him, because they were all Jewish guys, and now they're seeing non-Jewish people. Uh, uh, get baptized in the Holy Spirit, begin to speak in tongues, just what the same thing that happened with them on the day of Pentecost. But these guys are not Jewish. And there was some controversy that broke out against it, but it's like, I, we can't argue with what we saw. That had to be a God thing. And so with this vision, God is giving Peter godly perspective to shift from, from what he calls unclean Gentiles to what God now was calling clean uh, Gentile believers. Okay, so so had God not prepared Peter with this vision, he would not have had the godly perspective nor the willingness, I believe, because y'all know Peter was a fiery guy. I don't know if he would have had the willingness to go and preach Jesus to the Gentiles. So it was godly perspective that gave Peter what he needed to go forth and accomplish the will of God for his life for that particular time. Same thing with Joshua, that God gave Joshua godly perspective. So now he's clear on what happened and he's clear on what he has to do. And this is what godly perspective gives us. It makes it clear as to what the situation is and it makes it clear what we need to do. And if we don't know what we need to do, we can go to the father and ask, what do we need to do? And he'll tell us, do this, do this, do this, do this. Right, And it's so wonderful, man, to know that I have, we have access to godly perspective. And again, I, I would say that godly perspective oftentimes is wrapped up in that word that we call wisdom. I've heard people say that wisdom is basically what to do when we don't know what to do. right? Or having knowledge and not knowing how to apply the knowledge. That, that wisdom shows us how to apply what we know. Because you're going to have a whole lot of knowledge, but if you don't have any wisdom, how to apply that knowledge is not necessarily the right way to go. Okay? (laughs) Just had that situation in my own life today. (laughs) Had knowledge, no wisdom. And things didn't go the way I hoped they would go. So there you go from the dude who does the podcast. (laughs) But we want to make sure that we, we keep ourselves in position to hear from God, to read God's word and get his perspective. You know, listen, maybe maybe you might be uh, sort of a new Christian or you know, learned about Christianity in a certain manner and hearing from God just isn't something that really works happens for you. Okay, well, you got the word of God. That's the first base in hearing from God. Going to his word and and reading that word and getting godly perspective. One of my favorite scriptures, uh, it's in it's in uh, I believe Colossians chapter 3 and in it paul writes um to the people of the church at colossi he says he says um let your words be seasoned with salt so that you may have an answer for all men and i remember the first time i read that man that thing hit me my words should be seasoned with salt right i add flavor to my words we talked about salt i believe in an earlier pod- podcast uh, yeah, salt and light. Uh, I add flavor to my words, my words are disinfected. <laughs> They're very clean, <laughs> right? And if I, if I season my words with salt, the answers that i have will be acceptable to anyone who has questions. Now i believe he was talking specifically about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But i when i as i read it, it gave me a perspective on how we should speak and talk to one another, not harshly, not from a mean perspective. You know, we don't want our words to be bitter or angry or sarcastic or cutting, right? And and that was kind of my my thing. I could be very sarcastic. I could be very harmful and hurtful with my words if I was angry or hurt, right? And so reading that scripture gave me godly perspective on how I should conduct myself where my words are concerned. Uh, there's another scripture in Deuteronomy where, where um, God tells the people of Israel that God has given them the power to get wealth that they may establish his covenant in the earth. And I'm like, wow, God gave us the power to get wealth. Wow. And, and, you know, at that particular time when I read that scripture, I didn't really care. You know, obviously you want to have money, but I didn't care if I was wealthy or not. I just wanted to have enough to do what I needed to do to handle my business, pay my bills, and go on about my business, right, live my life. And then when I read that, I was like, wow, God gave us the power to get wealth. Now, I put myself in there because of Jesus, and that promise now translates to me because of Uh, my faith in Jesus makes me Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's another godly perspective. I'm heirs according to the promise of Abraham that God made to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. Look it up for yourself. It's really cool stuff. (laughs) Said that all in one breath. Are you impressed? (laughs) I'm being silly, which means it's probably time for me to get out of here before I really say something crazy. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Listen, I believe this is number 19 or 20, something like that. We're rolling, man. We've got over 400 downloads. And um, I'm just really excited about where the podcast is going and what God is doing with this podcast. So if this is your first one, I got a whole bunch for you to listen to. If If you listen to all of them, thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue spreading the news about the Word Experience podcast. We want this thing to go worldwide. We want to bless as many people as we possibly can with the Word of God and teaching the Word of God. I've gotten comments from some of you guys. Thank you so much for your comments. I really appreciate them. Thanks again for listening to the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalks63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.